Today at the WORT studios, I'd like to introduce to you the new hosts of a new podcast here at WORT called Hemp Can Do It. I have with me in the studio Katya Jimenez and Larry Konopaki. Hello. Hello. So Katya, tell me about this new podcast that you guys are launching and tell me about your business. Hemp can do it. Hopefully it will be uh, an informative podcast for our state's new emerging hemp industry. It evolved from the work that Larry and I have been doing with the Wisconsin Hemp Alliance. Um, we get a lot of questions uh, about hemp, obviously, from where do I buy seed? How do I get a license? How do I grow this stuff? When I do grow it, how do I dry it? Who's going to buy it? Um, obviously, a lot of legalities, which is where you know Larry's uh, expertise comes into play. But I just felt as a beginning grower last year in our state's uh, first year of having our, our pilot program, 2018, that there weren't a lot of resources um, for me. So I am hoping to take all of that experience and bestow it on our audience with my good friend here. And so... How long have you been interested in growing hemp? I did know about hemp. I grew up in Seattle, Washington. So um, we had a lot of hemp stores. Hemp was very hip around my college. Um, we have the country's biggest hemp festival, um, Seattle Hemp Fest. So all through high school and college, I always attended. And it's um, it's a fun festival, obviously. A lot of hemp, a lot of people, a lot of other alternative products. So it's just, it's just part of the Seattle lifestyle. So when I learned that in my adopted state, um, we would be able to, as of November 30th, 2017, grow hemp ourselves. At the time I was traveling, but I decided that it's something that I wanted to try. So I started doing a lot of research. Um, I live on a 14 acre farm, probably only about six acres or so um, are able to be used for farming. And, um, yeah, so that's where my journey began. So you, so you live in Mount Horeb mm -hmm. on a farm, and you decided to grow hemp last year. Yes. And now you want to help other people grow hemp. Yes. Well, I at least want a place where people can come and learn uh, a little bit about what it takes to grow hemp. Um, learn from my experiences, learn from other people, other guests that we hope to have on, um, and just make make their journey a little bit easier than mine was. Um, just to have just to have a resource. And your co-host Larry Konopaki is a a hemp industry lawyer. Is that fair to say? Sure, you bet. And so now lawyers are an important profession in the hemp industry, right? This is a, a pretty regulated crop but why what got you interested in the legalities of hemp so i am a a hemp industry attorney but working on hemp industry related legal questions is not really what brought me into the into the game it's the policy that uh, the the lawmaking um the rulemaking uh that that has been in, that our, our Department of Ag has done over the last year. Those are the things that really interest me. And you're right. There is there is there's such a, a complexity of the different layers of of uh, of applicable law that 
either are, as a matter of fact, applicable to these sorts of uh, this question, or that you could take missteps and you'd be into very quickly other areas of the law that can be pretty challenging. So it's it's a rich and interesting area to, to work in. But why hemp as opposed to anything else? Well, I have an agriculture background. I grew up in southern Wisconsin on a small farm, and I've been involved in agriculture through my entire life. I, I teach a class on ag law at UW. I have uh, staffed legislative committees in, in, in the state legislature on ag for a number of years in my previous capacity. And one of the topics that always came up over and over year after year is hemp. I had to provide expertise and advice to people with respect to that. So I built the proficiency. And then when it became real and, and, and there was actually some movement in the state legislature, I was able to participate in, in crafting the, the bill that became law. And I guess it just got in my blood. And I see it as an opportunity for people. I see it as an opportunity for people to enter the agricultural world, um, a world that is very hard to enter if you're new and young and don't have family members looking to hand off farms. And from everything I know about about hemp and cannabis, it's, um, it, it's something that can be done sustainably, and it's something that can provide multiple benefits across many different industrial sectors that add to that the interesting legal layers, and it, it it's kind of a no-brainer in terms of interest. So why why start a podcast? As, as Katya said, there really is a surprising lack of information surrounding this new old industry. And I, I didn't even realize until hemp became a reality that really the role that that all of the societal just background knowledge plays in the success of industries and and until it was absent and you know just not having the basic research done at the UW or other universities around the country you know you can't walk down to the co-op or to the to the seed dealer and say hey I want to I'm thinking about going into this what can you tell me they're really just all of those natural sort of uh, safety nets and, and information sources just are completely absent. And so it was pretty obvious early on in this process that people really struggled to get the information that they needed, even just very basic information. And really what the Wisconsin Hemp Alliance, which Katya and I have been working on for the last year, what we've done with that is really very basic, just trying to keep people up to date with what was going on in the regulatory calendar and helping people to avoid some of the missteps that we saw there, some, some make. We received a lot of positive feedback, even though we were really hitting it at a very basic level. And I think it, it's become obvious that anything anyone can do to try to help to mainstream the knowledge and to um, elevate, I guess, the 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 understanding is is going to be helpful. And Katya, so you grew hemp for the first time last year. What what was that process like? What would you wish someone had told you that would have helped you? So it was it was you know a tremendous leap of faith because not only was I new to hemp farming, but just farming in general. It's a lot of work. Uh, a lot of people equate growing hemp to uh, tobacco in the same way. So it's, it's very labor intensive. Now we started out, my husband and I started out with just half an acre because I just, you know, 
he has a full-time job. I have a full-time job. So that's basically what we could handle just to kind of dip our toe. Um, and I do recommend to people that that first year, um, if you buy only feminized seed, it's pretty expensive. So, and, and if you don't have experience, then you really don't want to, you know, invest thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, at least we didn't. That's just what, what we felt comfortable doing. So a lot of nights uh, after work, uh, pruning the, the plants, uh, a lot of family and friends coming by when it was in October, when it was time to harvest. Um, probably the hardest part uh, that I didn't really think about was where we were going to dry these plants. And, you know, last year we had a very wet uh, fall. <clears throat> so the plants were pretty wet and you have to rent humidifiers and you have to have a lot of fans and um, we have several outbuildings so we kind of took an old barn um, and kind of custom made that as a drying facility so there's a disco ball (laughs) that's right you saw that disco ball so we repurposed that and uh, kind of miscalculated a little bit how much space we would need and you know, we were cutting, 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 and then getting to the building, and it's like, oh, wow, we're kind of out of room. Like, what do we do with this hemp? And it's not dry yet. Um, so th- there's there's three parts that I divided the whole process into. There was, there was the part about doing the research and obtaining seed, and then I think part two is actually planting and taking care of those plants, making sure that, you know, they're okay, that they're thriving. And then I would say the third part is drying and then selling of your product, right? Like any farmer does for any product. So for me, I tend to be a compartmentalizer. So when I looked at it that way, I just got through that stage and didn't really view it as this humongous art undertaking, which, by the way, it is. <laughs> um, so I, I would encourage people to just, just as they say, take take those baby steps and, and get through that stage some of it is going to be dictated obviously by weather right like like any crop but i would i would do it again and again so and you are you're growing this year i am yes we're gonna we're growing again we've bought some equipment and um yeah we're excited so are we gonna hear about your experience throughout the podcast oh definitely of course yes definitely and what else are we going who are we going to hear from what are we going to learn about what are we going to hear well some of that is still open, but we're going to bring in uh, decision makers, uh, people who are active in working on policy, people who are uh, other producers, producers of different products, um, manufacturers of products, and probably if there's some people who are interested in talking about what hemp does for them in terms of the products as, as a customer, Really, we're going to try to cover the gamut and, and give room for anyone who has something they want to add to this discussion. There, there were a lot of hair on fire moments in 2018. One of them we talked about, which was the AG's opinion and then retraction of that position, was probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. And there were literally people who called in tears and were, it, it was a lot of pressure, but it made for some pretty interesting moments in discussion. I feel like there's more. We've moved the, this the whole topic further forward because that happened than if it hadn't. There's so much opportunity that comes from things that capture people's attention, and there were a number of things this year that really captured people's attention. So, DACAP, the Department of Ag, had to learn how to test, and 
we knew that they were out there testing when we started getting calls from people saying, they took 30 plants. <laughs> and if you think about it, if you grow a half an acre like Kachi did, 30 plants is a lot of your crop. And it's a lot of value when you're putting so much effort and time into raising these plants. Because you're not getting those back. You're not getting them back. You're getting them back on a piece of paper in terms of a number and a THC level. And and you're not even getting the test results for all the other things you want to learn about your crop, the, the, all of the other constituents that you want to know. So there were quite a few moments during the season in which that um, that that really came about. We there was a moment when we got a, started to get a few calls from people saying that the Department of Ag was requiring them to get a food processor's license to dry their plants on their farm, and. It turns out that maybe really what they were saying is we have to figure out whether you have to, but it was interpreted as another hair on fire moment. And, you know, so there was a lot of there were a lot of moments in which, you know, we were hearing something and we had to kind of play this game of telephone with the Department of Ag and and call them and and try to figure out what was going to happen. I give them a lot of credit. They were receptive to all of those communications. They were probably getting some of those calls themselves. But they really bent over backwards to try to not only be responsive so that we didn't have people upset for extended periods of time, but also to be very flexible in how that how they address some of those concerns. So, you know, you didn't have to get a food processor's license to dry your hemp. And that took, you know, a pretty willing read of of their code, you know, that, that really could have gone the other way. Um there was some theft at the end of the season, uh, you know, as the plants were getting toward maturity. That all happened, it seemed like, in in a week. There were some um, ill-advised law enforcement decisions, uh, probably the best way to say it, that really made waves. And everyone learned from those. And, and, and really, we each time there was some sort of a mistake, it seems like the industry jumped further forward. So it wasn't all all for naught that those things happened. So these are the stories that you guys are going to tell in 10 years when the industry is big and successful and write the most boring book ever written. That's right. <laughs> You're going to be like, I remember the first year. That's right. Well, it was all a disaster. Uphill in both directions. Actually, being you had to grow it in the snow. <laughs> being part of the first year. Um, was actually important to me. I have to say, I wanted the bragging rights to be able to say that I grew that year, that it was legal. Did they give you a card or anything? No. no. I think there should be hemp plants in this office in Wart. There should be a hemp plant here. Who says there isn't? I'd like to pitch that people contact us if they have something they want to hear about, because we do have connections in the industry, and if we don't have connections for certain things they want to hear, we'll go out and find it. Uh, if it's something you're interested in, it's probably something we're interested in. So please do. How do they find you? You can uh, email us at wishemp.org, or you can direct message us on Instagram. Uh, Wisconsin Hemp Alliance is the handle. That's basically um, why we're involved in this work. We just we want to help people be successful if they're growing hemp or, or selling hemp or processing hemp. Um, we want to be able to connect people also so if you if you're excited about our wisconsin uh, hemp industry uh, please subscribe to our podcast hemp can do it and uh, come on this journey with us i think we're gonna have a lot of fun because we're really fun people 